everyone. Welcome to The Inside Look. It's a new podcast from the folks at RSL Soapbox. Uh, Lucas Muller came to me with this idea some time ago. I don't know, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, one week. Who knows the time anymore? Uh, and basically said, hey, why don't we do like interviews for the podcast? And I said, yeah, I've been thinking about that too. Uh, anyway, I'm joined now by Lucas, who uh, conducted an interview that he's going to tell us all about. Hello. Yeah. Hello, Lucas. Hi, Matt. It's great to great to see you here. Yeah, you. I haven't seen you since I know, that first home game when it we were, snowed a bunch, but it was really nice before, and I only saw you during the nice portions. It's true. Uh, and we were in the same building at one point, but I did not see you. Sorry. That second home game. Yeah. But yeah, um, so the idea, I think, behind this podcast is really um, just to have a format that's a little different from the other podcasts we have between off the crossbar, so box stand up, um, the occasional breakfast, that would be a little bit more interview focused. So uh, in the first episode, uh, Zach Barnes of the riot and a newly minted RSL employee as a supporters liaison um, came over to my house and we just sat down and chatted about really all things RSL and got to know Zach a little bit. Um, if you don't know Zach, he's I feel like a pretty iconic figure at this point in the South End has a really nice red vest with uh, patches. He's usually waving a, f a flag or shouting at the opposition goalkeepers, um, but super nice dude. So it's really fun to talk with him. Like just the least pretentious soccer fan you could ever meet. Um, I, th I think it's a really good thing that a guy like that is now within a position in the club to kind of represent supporters. Great. I am really looking forward to listening to this. And I hope you, the listener, are too. Um, Lucas, before we kick it over to the interview, I just want to ask, uh, well, before we, I ask, I'll say I'm cur currently drinking a creme brulee boba tea from a local wow. boba joint just down the road from my house. Okay, so Casey and I, my wife, drove past that a few days ago because we live quite close to you. Yeah. Uh, how is it? Because we were discussing it. Really good. It is really good. Okay. Quite good. Have you been to the sushi place? Uh, no, but I've also, uh, Jenny has, and she also said it was quite good. Okay. That's good to know. So there you go. Um, so that's what I'm drinking. What did you drink while you recorded this interview with Zach? Uh, well, when I was recording with Zach, I was having a tin barrel pub beer, which is just a real standard lager, uh, very easy to drink. Um, only to find out that Zach no longer drinks. So he was having a um like a hop tea which sounded really fascinating i hop wish we would have recorded that i'd never heard of it you know i come from salem oregon which is hop country and uh it sounded pretty amazing well good i'm glad that uh there were d delicious drinks all around uh so let's get to the interview uh thanks lucas let's let's do this Hello, everyone. Uh, this is Lucas Muller here. Uh, today, I'm with uh, Zach Barnes. He's the new RSL supporters liaison and general RSL fan extraordinaire. Uh, Zach, how are you today? Uh, I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Excited. Season's doing great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you're here. Um, it's funny to see you outside of uh, either Harriman Rio Tinto or Louisville. Yeah, you know, I'm, yeah, or Louisville, yeah. All the classic hangs for RSL fans. Yeah. Utah fans, I guess. But yeah. 
I mean, Louisville is just always a good time. So I enjoyed every visit I've had. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, me too. I've been the one time. The one, the one I don't time. Know about you. It was spectacular. Yeah, it was. That was a good trip. Um, so I was, I was preparing this and I was like writing out your name and I almost wrote Zachary Barnesworth because I'd just been looking at Zach Farnsworth. Oh, yeah. uh, how do you feel about that? Um, I mean, I'm already married, so I don't think I could have another, you know, find a husband with Zach, but I'm open. He wants to hit me up in the DMs. I mean, I mean, changing Barnsworth. Barnes yeah, we could hype Barnsworth. the name. Yeah, yeah. We could, you know. Um, <laughs> no, that's funny. Wasn't there... I feel like I saw a tweet earlier that was Zach McMath, but wasn't it Farnsworth's pitcher? Yes, on it? That, that was my tweet. That's why that was your tweet. That you were thinking about Farnsworth and now Barnsworth. Um, yeah, you know, I'm open to name change. I don't know. We'll see. Nice, nice. Um, okay, well, uh, you've been involved for a long time, but you recently went to work for RSL, um, and I know you're here in an unofficial capacity today. But do you want to speak a little bit about your title, your new role, kind of what what's what all that is about? Um, yeah, so I'm the supporter liaison and basically I'm just here to help fans be fans and whatever, um, things they decide they need or things they need help with. I'm here to help facilitate that for them. Um, so it's pretty, pretty cool gig. I'm pretty excited about it. Still very much honeymoon phase. It's only been a couple of weeks, but, um, I think the direction the club and the new owners want to go with and the input that they they want to get from the fans um, and from the supporters is amazing. And I think it leads us to a great opportunity to build something amazing for the future is what we're trying to do. And I'm kind of the first step of that. Nice. That's exciting. Um, I do kind of want to come back to that, but sort of before we jump to into to those weeds, um, I just, yeah. How, how, like, how did you get into soccer? Yeah, I mean, the same way anyone does, right? You go to a game and it's exciting and suddenly you're just hooked. You don't even realize it at the time, or maybe you do, but yeah. Um, so moved out here in like September, I think it was 11, uh, 011. And then I got gifted tickets for my birthday in April in spring of 12. Hmm. So I went to an early, it was like an early May game uh, against New England because I'm from New Hampshire, from New England. So People are like, oh, New England's coming. You might want to go see them. So I got these tickets. I've heard they've had some really interesting results lately. They've they've had some really interesting results. They love to blow leads, apparently, um, against RSL Academy or former RSL Academy. Love it. Stars, yeah. Um, But yeah, so I wasn't like a Revs fan or anything, but growing up, you know, all New England teams, Celtics, Bruins and stuff was kind of my thing. Um, So I got these tickets, went to the game, and it was just that classic... Like, don't know much about soccer, but we're going to buy a scarf and enjoy ourselves. And then it turned into one of those games you remember. Um, I think we went we went up right before half, come back from halftime. We, I think it was, oh man, I'm going to get this wrong and people are going to tweet about it. But I think, <laughs> I think Javi got a second yellow to get a red card and then New England equalized shortly after. And so then it's like that we're a man down, we got some time left, let's hold on kind of atmosphere. And then I'm pretty sure Sabo got like the game winner, like 70 or 80 minutes. Ugh. And then and then it's like the whole place is just like tension and the whole back and forth of the whole game. And yeah, I was just hooked. We ended up keeping the lead and won the game and a man down and just, yeah, it was literally one of the best first games you could hope for. And I was hooked from day one after yeah. that. 
I, I do miss Sabo game winners. Those were always super fun. Yeah, he, yeah, he had a knack for it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, definitely. That's funny. That feels a lot like, you know, I moved to Salt Lake in 2010, um, started going to RSL games in 2011. And I always felt like I was like really new to the scene. And like, you know, because there had been people who were like, oh, I was there day one, oh, yeah. five. Uh, it's weird to think that I've been following them for well over a decade at this point. Like yep. it's kind of surreal. Yeah, it is. It is odd, right? Because like the same thing, people are like, "Oh, I remember in '09 or remember in Rice Cycles," and I like, "Oh, well, I wasn't here then." But like, oh, I've driven past Rice Cycles. Yeah, I know so. the stadium. I've seen it. Like, <laughs> actually, never been inside that stadium. I haven't either. Um, yeah, but but yeah, it is a weird thing to think about that it's been that long and it hasn't felt like it. On some respects, like you feel like it's still something new to me, mm-hmm. but on the other hand, it feels like something I've never been without. At the same time, like yeah, it's so, so ingrained in me now that it's, yeah, it's like having having a kid. It's always felt like it's been there, even though you know there was times it wasn't. Yeah, prior to before RSL times, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like one of those things that's you just integrate into your life, and it feels like it's ever present, mm-hmm. always a source of pain. Uh, that Some might joy. be Some that joy. might be more my spur side coming out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I think the question, you know, that we see a lot of online that I think everyone wants to know from someone in your position is, uh, top five greatest RSL players ever. Oh man, this is again, tough for me. Cause you know, not, I haven't been around for the entire iteration of the team. Um, so Man, I was not prepared for this. I didn't know. I know. Should have gave me homework on this one. When we were talking about lineups, I was like, "Oh man, this question is going to be a surprise." Yeah, yeah. It was, um, I'm going to go in no particular order, so I'm just going to kind of name five that I think are really important. I'm not really going to put them in order, but I mean, obviously Beckerman. He's got to be on the list. He's it's Beckerman. I don't feel like I have to explain that one. No. Um, Romando, again, Romando. Mm. This is where it gets tricky, right? Those last two or three spots get tricky. Um, I'm not a stats guy either, so people probably flame me for that too, because um, I don't know every stat and who's scored the most or who's you know whatever. Yeah. Um, <sighs> Javi, gotta throw Javi. So Javi, solid Nick. Um, those are like the three that everyone. Those, think those are three, on. right? Those are the three give me's. It's four and five that that is the real debate. <laughs> yeah, um, man, I. Uh, that's tough. Sabo is up there, so I'm just gonna kind of name a couple of names that I think deserve to be on there, but I don't know exactly what. But like Sabo Borchers comes to mind. Mm. I think Nat. I'm going to throw Nat on there, you know, just do it. Cause I think what he meant to community and the fans and what he meant for our defense, like yeah. you know, we were solid through Nat's years. Um, and that was kind of my, I don't want to say prime time as fandom. Cause I'm going to be fan for another 80 years, but like that was kind of really when I started getting into it, that whole run between, you know, 12, 13, 14. Yeah. Those were 16, like incredible yeah. years. Yeah. Um, I, I thought maybe you would go like, Achoa, Chang. Well, uh, that's true, honestly, because that's people talk about top five best and you instantly go back to history, but you're right. I mean, Chang is huge. I hope he continues to be huge for our club. Um, and that's obviously, you know, coming with a little bit of Monarch's bias, but he's, yeah, I mean, Chang's amazing. 
yeah, Choa has been super fun to watch coming through the academy and the Monarchs. Um, but can you say they're top five yet? You pro- know, pro- I mean, probably not. But probably not. But do you, yeah, do you like? Do you have a top five for Monarchs? Again, not prepared. So um, sorry, that wasn't in my text. I should have. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come think about this a little bit. It wasn't in the writer. Uh, you didn't tell me. I refuse to answer this question. This is question. what we call gotcha journalism. Yeah. And I've got you for not having a top five list Gosh. prepared yep. immediately. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Monarchs, Jack Blake, Captain Jack led us through the championship. Did yeah. some amazing um, work with the kids coming up through there. Uh, Ochoa, just his antics through that whole run was top-notch villainy. Um, they still talk about him in Louisville. They, they like yeah, that guy. Dude, they absolutely hate him. And he was just giving it to him in front of their supporters. And it was amazing. Um, I mean, you got Moberg. Let's see. Jack Moberg, Ochoa. Uh, I mean, Chang, Portillo. Uh, Portillo. I can never say it right. I'm sorry. Um Justin, if you're listening, uh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Um, and then like Brody, yeah, those kids coming up. Um, Would you put Velasquez in that list? It's hard for me because I'm obviously not as much of a Monarchs guy as you are. But I was so stoked when he joined the Monarchs. Yeah, no, Velasquez was awesome. Um, he did really good for the Monarchs, and yeah, I mean, I deserve. I think his name deserves to be in that that discussion. You know, again, I'm not really trying to name a top five per se, but yeah, yeah I think he would be a solid choice. I wouldn't argue against it. Um, what yeah. about the uh, inaugural Monarchs goal scorer, Justin Glad? Um, <laughs> has he done anything lately? What's he What's he been up to? I, I haven't been following his career path. He hasn't done anything for the Monarchs. He, he hasn't done much. anything for the Monarchs lately, so I kind of forgot about that guy. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, that's the great thing about the Monarchs, right? And is getting to watch those players come up and yeah, we've been watching Justin for what was it? 2015 was the inaugural season. Mm-hmm. So that sounds right. That's seven years, give it, you know, six years, I guess going on seven years that we've been watching Justin play. Um, and yeah, I mean, he would again, not knowing the stats and exactly how many games he played before he actually came up, but yeah, he would be in discussion for sure. Mm. So, uh, you're obviously pretty key part of Wasatch Legion, at least for my, I I don't actually know how that supporters group is run in my mind. It's like you, Nick, Christina, Robert, like I feel like a few others. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's really run by like committee. There's, we jokingly and Nick doesn't like the limelight and doesn't always like the credit, but we jokingly call him like the king of the Legion or the president of the Legion. And he's always like, nah, stop. Like, um, but yeah, I mean, it's really done by committee just because it's friends who love soccer and we're all on the same page when it comes to a lot of the same issues. And yeah, it's really, yeah, it's done by committee is how it's run. Um, very loosely, very off the cuff, which just keeps it fun and light. And I think that's, one of the reasons why the Wasatch Legion is one of my favorite aspects of soccer in Utah and everyone who gets into it really seems to enjoy it for that reason, because it is just really light and you want to be a member. Great. Show up, support the Monarchs. That's it. So yeah. What, what made you decide to get involved with like following, supporting the Monarchs so closely? Um, I mean, 
when it's announced, you're like, oh, I'm going to get double the soccer games. Like this, to me, it was a no brainer, right? Like I'm going to get more soccer every week. I can go to hang out in the stadium and hang out with friends and watch soccer. That sounds great. Um, and then as you kind of got into it, um, it kind of took that first season was really wet, a lot of really rainy games. Mm. And so it kind of, I don't want to say weeded out people, but we didn't have a lot of wins. Team wasn't doing great. Weather was kind of subpar. And so it kind of weeded out people who just the kind of diehards for lack of a better word. Um, but yeah, I mean, being able to watch people come up and then knowing you've watched them for years and then they go to our sale and have success is it's the best. You feel like you know them. Um, and that's the other thing about Monarchs games is that they're really personal. You get to, especially in the new stadium, like you're really close to the, the, the field. You can hear players on the field at the time. You can banter with the players on the field at the time, which is kind of the hallmark of the, the Wasatch Legion. We, we love to banter. Um, and a lot of talk towards the goalkeepers. A lot of talk to the goalkeepers. We spent a lot of time, real intimate. We're only like five feet away from the away keepers or our keepers, depending. But to the away keepers, we tend to banter to the most. Um, but yeah, having that intimate feeling, you don't you don't get that in other settings. Um, when you know, with RSL, it's twenty thousand fans. I can yell. Sometimes a player might hear me, but. At a Monarchs game, I can yell and the stadium hears me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Um, how do you feel about them moving into the MLS Next Pro? Um, it's, it's, it's an unsure moment, right? Um, we don't know. It doesn't seem like many people know really what the league is trying to accomplish. I mean, obviously, it's... It's incorporating it's MLS like the story of into MLS. the umbrella. Yeah, right. <laughs> what are they trying like, to accomplish? What are they really trying to accomplish? And yeah, we get it. They're trying to keep everything under the MLS name and umbrella. Um, and since they're doing the Academy, which is actually MLS Next, and then the Monarchs is MLS Next Pro. So it's kind of keeping it all, trying to keep it all in the same pipeline. So I understand that aspect. But um, it is a little bittersweet because it was, it was fun to beat USL teams. It was fun to you know beat independent usl teams that was always the thing there was a lot of teams that don't take the usl seriously when there were two teams quote unquote mls two teams um but we were one of the mls two teams that really we fielded a championship team obviously we won a championship so we had a championship team um but we really took it as a separate league and not just a development group and so i think we are going to lose a little bit of that but it's still exciting to see the development of players and we're still gonna you know out of the 11 kids that start next week from the Monarchs, one of them could be the next David Ocho, the next Justin Glad, the next Mikel Chang, uh, Brody, Portillo, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't, we don't know who it is. We just have to watch and see who shines. And in a couple of years, we might find that person and be that person. So, yeah. So it's still an exciting time for the Monarchs. It's the league is very, we don't, no one seems to know what's going on in the league, so we don't know much about it. So it's kind of uneasy, but yeah, we're still excited. It's still soccer. Yeah. So kind of shifting over to RSL, um, you mentioned one of your things is kind of just helping fans with whatever needs they have. I know it's a little weird because uh, we've had one home game thus far. I think by the time this comes out, we'll have a second, but uh, what, what, what have those needs been so far and kind of what do you anticipate in the future? Well, 
well, um, going, I mean, the position kind of came about is that we've had people in the past who've helped facilitate things from the team perspective for the supporters, supporters. We have needs, you know, we need to get into the tailgate a lot. We need, you know, a ticket, an extra ticket or two to the game for something or, you know, whatever there's, there's reasons the supporters need to talk to the FO and there's reasons the FO needs to talk to the supporters. So there's, there has been people in this position before, um, after, you know, the events of last year or whatever, the last couple of seasons, there hasn't been anyone in that position. So going forward, when the team was talking about doing that position, I just kind of proposed it as like, why not have it be a supporter? You're kind of cutting one step out instead of having someone middling from the FO to the supporters. It's just from FO to supporter now directly, basically. Um, and so there hasn't really been any different needs compared to what we've needed in the past. Um, and so far, you know, it's been simple, but, uh, like the flag project we did right for the first game and we'll continue to be doing and just having extra flags on hand in the stadium, having the team be able to help with us that. And like, you know, I just went to the stadium all day today and like put out new flags for the game. And instead of having to be like escorted around by someone who works for the team, like I can just walk around, go do it. And it just kind of saves, like I said, cuts out that middle person. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as needs, it's really the way I view it is facilitating whatever somebody wants to do. So I'm going to use you as a great example because I'm talking to you and it's actually really perfect. But like last week for the home opener or two weeks ago or whatever, you wanted to do like the little photo booth, right? And so as soon as you came up with that idea, we're like, hey, what do you need? Like, do you yeah. want this? Do you need this? Do you need a table? Do you need a tent? Do you want upstage parking spot, like all those little details I'm able to just help out with. And so I view my job as just helping people do what they're already passionate about and just helping, giving them the resources and helping any way I can for them to do that. Thanks, by the way, that was super helpful. Yeah. yeah. Trying right? to trying to navigate that without your help would have been kind of a nightmare. Yeah, exactly. And so just having that, like it's silly, but like, my job at tailgate is like walk around a tailgate and make sure everyone's good. And like, just being able to like point out traffic and like, Oh, Hey, you want to go over there? You want to go talk to that group? They're over there. And like, yeah, it's just having that person that's officially doing that. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that I think kind of represents your job with RSL side on the supporter side. Like what are you hoping to see from fellow supporters over the next like not just this season, the next few years as kind of the Smith and Blitzer ownership takes hold and things hopefully improve a bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to see. So on the supporter side of things, basically. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> so on the supporter side of things, basically we, the whole point of the riot when we started it like four years ago, um, was just to bring everybody together under the umbrella of at least one name. Um, cause we have all these different supporter groups. They're all amazing and they're all unique in their own ways. And we don't want to, we would never ask anyone to give up their group or their history or whatever. Um, but we all saw a need to work together a little bit more because we were spread thin, right? If you have five different groups, try to do five different tailgates. Like it's just more. Um, you know, human hours going to accomplish the same goal, but not together. So by the riot, we formed it to basically work together to do that. And so we're like, oh, your group loves to tailgate? Like, great. We will help you. 
and make your tailgate bigger, but we'll all be included. And then, you know, we'll help on banners and this other group will help on that. And so our goal is to just get more fans involved with those things that they want to be involved with. We don't, you know, we don't force people to go to events. We don't force people to paint banners or wave flags. It's just, Hey, we have a bunch of those flags. Do you want to wave them? Great. If you want to grab one, wave it, you know? Um, and so long-term goal obviously is to get the entire stadium would be diehard supporters just losing their mind for 90 minutes straight. It's probably not a realistic goal. Um, but I mean, we want the South end sold out. We want to be, you know, back to, uh, being a, a hard place to play at and fans are a huge, huge part of that, of the riot being a fortress. So let's get back to it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so are there, I guess looking around the league, maybe even looking at different leagues, are there supporters, groups, stadium atmospheres that you look at and you're like, oh, like that is what, like what I want, what we could do here? Um, Yeah. I mean, of course, there's always, there's always something else to look at, right? Like we want to, you know, having the, the notoriety of like the Timbers army. I think every stadium or every fan in the league probably knows of the timber army because of what they do um i mean lafc obviously with their wall and they're kind of well known for that um intimidation factor because of how close they are to the field um atlanta i guess now charlotte for their high numbers you know ticket sales and whatever so i mean there's always places to look around the league for inspiration but I don't think we, we don't want to be any singular one of them because we, we aren't the only team, I would say not, it's not an issue, but we're not the only team that deals with this, but we have a very, um, very large Hispanic fan population. We also have a very large, um, section of our fans who would want to support more European style versus like the South American style of like bars and singing and stuff. So we have... Um, a good mix that we're trying to really mix with, right? So Timbers is basically a European style, um, singing songs, not so much of, you know, music as like a bar style. Um, and the kind of vice kind of difference is LAFC is more based on the Hispanic bar style and less of the European influence. Um, and so we're, you know, we are, we also like, we're not any of those other teams. We have our own demographics, our own, things we have to do. And so, yeah, I mean, we always look for inspiration, but we want to be who we are. We want to be Salt Lake fans. We want to be known for being Salt Lake fans and what that identity looks like in 10 years. And it's up to each and every person. It's not up for me to decide. I might be, you know, sort of helping lead the charge, but I, yeah, I don't get to decide that. We get to decide that as fans together moving forward. So hmm. if you got any ideas, what you want to look like? Hit me up. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, I, I love that. I love the idea that kind of encapsulate what we have because I think there is this sense, especially, you know, it's always measured against like the Timbers Army, which yeah. coming from Oregon, that drives me crazy uh, for personal reasons. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. I feel like it's not like, you know, like I feel like we we got into our cell around the same time, and Rio Tinto was really a fortress. Then it was always loud, yeah. um, and some of that has absolutely been lost. It doesn't help. Last two years of COVID. Oh, absolutely. before that, having an owner that sort of 
feels like systematically dismantled all the things that did work. Um, but I, I think going forward, you know, like what do you look, what in your mind would be kind of the ideal fan experience and fan engagement for a match day? Like from, from showing up to when they leave, like what would that, could that look like? Uh, I mean, again, I know this is <laughs> leaning on my diplomatic side here, but um, I mean, there needs to be a variety of fan experiences because there's a variety of fans, right? So tailgates are great. And there's a lot of families at tailgates, but there's a lot of families in Utah that aren't interested in tailgating. They want to go to the plaza and have, you know, bounce houses. I haven't been to the plaza in years. Honestly, I don't know what they have there. So I don't want to quote what they have or not, but you know, that food truck and that more catered um, experience. Um, and some people want to just sit in a parking lot with their friends and hang out and have barbecue and whatnot. Um, so it's tough to lay down what exactly what the ideal fan experience is. But I, I think for me is just that people are excited for the match, keep the energy high throughout the match, and then have a sense of community and even ownership into the team, into the results, into the general community of RSL. And so if you want to go to the plaza and hang out and get churros before the game, that's great. Do that. Come in excited. Go sit in your seat. Stand in your seat. Wave a flag. Don't wave a flag. Whatever, whatever gets you out on a Saturday evening to watch some soccer. Like that's ideally what we what we want. Um, from a personal perspective, what I think my ideal situation is is just yeah, everybody. I want this. You know, the supporters, the South End, to be just the loudest it can be, and to be an intimidation factor for the, the away team. But yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think this has been a, maybe it has been said officially. So I won't ask you to comment on it because I don't know if it's out there or not, but there has been a lot of talk about building a wall, a standing section. What effect do you think that has on support? Um, yeah. I mean, I think it would be, it would be huge in all aspects of it. Right. You're talking about a huge stadium capital improvement cost wise be a huge um investment into the stadium into the team that you know may or may not be it's tough to quantify like returns on that right like we're already doing fairly well for a quote-unquote small market team we you know we used to sell out fairly consistently we seem to be getting back to that if the team keeps you know dropping w's on everybody then I expect by midsummer we'd probably be back to like sold out all the time. Um, but as a fan, like that would be amazing, you know, have that steep wall that again, that intimidation factor allows the sound to project on the field easier, puts everybody closer to the field. Um, and just having players look up and see a massive RSL fans is for sure would be for sure intimidating. Um, but I do recognize that it's easy to be like, Oh, this is what we want. But that kind of improvement in our stadium, the current way it's set up would be massive. And so I don't know of anything official. I know there's talk of it, um, but I also, I know it would be a long-term plan. It's not like, oh, let's just wait until summer break and we got two weeks off. Let's, you know, throw in a wall, you know? Um, so seems a little unsafe. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Um, so yeah, and that's another thing kind of with my job or whatever, but, um, I want, I want to lay down a solid foundation for the future 
of RSL fans um, and supporters. And so, yeah, there's sometimes people have an idea from the FO that I might be like, uh, let's just wait. Like it's better to wait long-term to do it right than it is to just get it done quickly because, oh, fans want this or whatever. Um, so yeah, I don't know, safe standing would be amazing. Having a wall would be amazing. Playing in a stadium that holds 60,000 people would be amazing. But yeah, yeah, at some point, would you rather have, you know, really amazing players that cost a lot of money or a really cool wall? And, you know, there's too many factors, you know. I don't know if you remember this, but when they, when Deloitte put in that Jumbotron at the South End, how many fans were outraged because that could have been a new striker or something? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's, that's goes right into what we're talking about that Jumbotron has effectively capped the South End right now because we can't, can't build higher than it because then no one will see it if you build. So if we were to do steeper section there, you're kind of, we're kind of limited on height right now because of that. Um, obviously moving it is an option, but again, talks about raising costs and all that. So yeah, it's an interesting thing, right? Capital improvements versus how do you quantify those as quality investments to the team, to the players, to the on-field? Um, yeah. And who knows, you know, there's probably no right answer. There's probably a few wrong answers, but there's, yeah, there's no right answer. I mean, Jamatron's great. I'm, happy it was the largest in the league for a while i guess but yeah yeah i mean i really appreciate being able to if i'm taking photos like being able to like look back for the recaps watching the replays Uh, is amazing for sure because it like i remember when it was just the little the mini drawn i guess we'll call it at the (laughs) north end and if you're at the south end that sucker is hard to see yeah you had no replayability on the south end you you watch everybody like a controversial call or something, you know, and the whole stadium's like, ah, and like, you'll see everyone in the South end turn around to watch yeah. it. Cause like, that's the only thing we can see over there. So when I was in, I used to sit in section 35, when they first put that up, there'd be times where I would just like drift to the jumbotron and forget to like watch the game. That was yeah. As a capo, it's amazing as well, because now with your back to the field, you're still like can watch. So oh, yeah. I mean, that is a bonus. For like the five people of Capo, but yeah, <laughs> thanks for the giant TV for five people. <laughs> they did it for you guys, I'm sure. hundred percent, hundred percent for the supporters. He he loved us, <laughs> big fan. You know, well, you know what Zach needs a jumbotron. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, I guess weirdly, on that note, what what are your what's your perspective in the new ownership group? Um, I haven't met with them personally. Um, outside of you know handshakes, um, they came to they helped walked in with us during the March for home opener. Um, but I haven't had any like, official meetings or anything, but, um, just seeing the things that they wanted to improve the things that they did improve the things that they pointed out. Um, and I don't I might be alone in this, but I kind of didn't realize I knew a little bit of like kind of how plain institutionalized kind of the stadium was just like mm-hmm. brick and cement and metal um but then seeing what things they pointed out and like highlighted and they've decorated i guess it really like makes the rest of it stick out as like i didn't realize how plain our stadium really yeah. was and like it's amazing the f- little bits they've done already like makes it look so much better um yeah and it's well, just all of a sudden so much more like blue and red yeah that, and that like i mean that mural in the south end tunnel is incredible yeah but 
like that aside, which isn't super visible to a lot of the stadium, like just walking through now with all that, it like, it feels like, oh, this is RSL's home as before. It's like, oh, this is a stadium. This is just a stadium. Exactly. That has orange chairs. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, exactly. I think that's the best way to put it, right? It feels more homey. It feels like something, again, we can be proud of. I don't think we were ever not proud of it, but it was always like, oh, check out the view from Rio Tinto. It was never, the stadium itself was never yeah. felt like it was focused on. Oh, um, so I remember someone's telling me a figure of like, they want to do, or there's a proposal or something of like X million dollars of stadium upgrades. And I was like, what's wrong with the stadium? The stadium's great. Like it's pretty new. Yeah, It's like, I mean, it is, and it's, it's, in, I think it's in pretty good shape, but just hearing their perspective and, you know, John Kimball was telling me that he was, they took them on a tour through, I guess it would be the South East like corridor behind the seats. Yeah. Was like this, and some, one of them said like, this feels like a factory. Like there's nothing in here that would tell you you're in a soccer yeah. stadium. I mean, yeah, you're talking about cinder black, like walls and bathrooms and then yeah just cinder blocks on the other side especially once they put the i guess the zag club now they put that in and kind of closed off that side of the stadium yeah it's just a canyon of gray yeah and like like you said i never really realized it until now you see it differently and you're like whoa this was kind of weird like why did i not realize yeah. this um but yeah i kind of go back to your questions yeah i think the things they are focusing on um and i know very little like i said i've been like two weeks with the team and I'm still just a supporter liaison. I'm not sitting in on these giant meetings of what plans are for the future. But um, yeah, I I just feel hopeful, right? Like, and it could be a mix of the last couple of years coming off with the old ownership, all that. But it feels like a renewed energy and hopefully getting back, not back to our winning ways because we've still been very winning and decent in the last couple of years. And I think that's something people forget through everything. It's like, we still what made the playoffs like five out of the last six years or something or four out of the last five years, something like that. But, um, but yeah, I just, just hopeful that we can continue to be amazing on the field. And it feels like off the field now is going to match a little bit of match of that, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, anything I th that you just want, you know, fans, listeners to know about your role, your goals, kind of what you like to see happen? Yeah. Um, I mean, as far as my role with the team, like if you have something you want to do and you're passionate about it and you think it's a great idea, like hit us up, reach out to us. Like that's my entire role is just to find people that want to do cool things and help them do it. Um, because there's nothing to me, especially as a supporter, like coming from the organic side of things, that's the best way to do it. You can't force people like, oh, hey, everyone's got to do blah, blah, blah. Like some people go, okay, we're going to do it. And other people are going to hate it the entire time, even if it's really fun. You know, no, no one likes mandatory fun. So if there's something you want to do and you're passionate about it and you got an idea, like hit me up, let's talk about it. Might not happen now, might not happen for a year, might not happen for five years, but if it's something worth doing and we can help in any way, like we want to do it. Um, yeah. And then like personally, like, yeah, I just want to get to know more people and have more, more friends in the stadium. I mean, I, 
It sounds weird, and I, I don't want to be cocky about it or anything. This but like, isn't I one know of those. A lot of people, I didn't. Like, I didn't take this job to make friends, and by the way, I haven't. Situations. Yeah. No. Absolutely. No. Like I, w- I want the vibes to stay good in the, in the throughout the stadium, and like everybody, we talk about RSL family, and I think that's never left as far as fans, and like you know, there's people that have really preached that throughout the years, and it really is a thing that I, I believe in. Um, and yeah, if you part of it, you're a soccer fan and you like RSL and you come to games, like you got 20,000 friends here to help support you. Do you, um, do whatever projects you want to do and you need whatever, let us know. Like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel personally about it. I've met some of the best people, um, since I've been here, um, in Utah. Well, thanks for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Present company excluded. (laughs) Um, no, I mean, it's, yeah. People like yourself are a good example of like <laughs> the community that exists around soccer is one of the best ones I've ever been in. So thanks for being part of it. Yeah. I mean, you too. I, uh, I think it felt like you kind of came out of left field <laughs> and then it's been super cool to watch just everything you've done, everything you're passionate about and work for. Like, I, I really appreciate that. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's RSL, I think, has a really good, like, I think soccer and fandom is often a pretty toxic community. Um, but even, like, I'm probably the most online person when it comes to Twitter. <laughs> it's not good. Uh, but even, like, the RSL Twitter community is mostly positive and, like, maybe not positive about, about everything that's going on with the team, but pretty supportive of one another. And I think that's really cool. Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. And I, Kind of to go back to whenever I jump all over the place in my thoughts, so I'm going to jump all over when I'm talking. But um, I think that's another aspect of fandom that I want to continue to bring to Salt, to Salt Lake City um, and Utah in general is just, look, you're not going to win every game. We're not going to always get positive results. The refs aren't always going to be amazing. We're, you know there's going to be unfavorable things that happen. It's part of the game. Yes. You can be mad about it. Yes. You can be upset that something isn't being done by the EPO or whatever, like, but overall just keeping that positivity and, um, moving. I think we've done a decent job at it, especially new ownership. We're kind of moving into that new era, but I feel like we were stuck in this post Beckerman Ramondo mindset of like, Oh, these, we got to honor these legends and like, yes, they just need to be honored. They need to be let like honored for what they've done to our team. But we have people like Justin Glad playing in front of us every week. Like we need to be honoring him. We need to be taking care of the, the guys that are here, make them want to stay for 20 years and put in those record, those careers. Right. Um, and so keeping that positivity, keeping that closeness with the f- players and fans and like as MLS grows, like, no, we're probably not going to be partying with players in bars after away games like some of the early games some of the early days stories are like some wild stories out there but as the leagues got more professional doesn't mean we still can't continue to have these close relationships with players um that make them absolute legends in our community and so it's kind of my goal is to continue that through fandom and i guess i'll challenge all fans to do that like we can be critical of the team be critical of the fo coach whatever but at the end of the day, like, yeah, keep the community positive, support each other. And yeah, remember, it's just soccer. Like, have fun. Like, <laughs> I know it feels like life and death and some of it's 
now, you know, I guess I'm included in this. Some people, it is a job for them, but it should be light and fun. Even when it sucks, it should still be fun and keep it that way. Yeah. Um, Zach, how can people find you if they Ooh, have questions, um, if they have ideas? So, yeah, I mean, if you want to do like official stuff, uh, it's just zach.barnes at rsl.com. Um, and then just Facebook. Zach, no K. No K, just Z-A-C. Um, just Barnes, not Barnesworth. Just Barnes. <laughs> um, Noted. Yeah. So like any official stuff, ideas, whatever you want to run by. I'm not on Twitter personally. I am frequent on the R or the Riot's Twitter. Um, so that's, if you really want to do fan stuff, I would say hit, hit, go, go the route with the riot. Um, they're on Instagram, social media or social media, but Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, um, different handles for each one. So like we can put them in the show notes or something. I don't know. <laughs> so I don't feel like rambling them all off, but that's fine. I, um, I can drop those in. Yeah. And that pretty much will go to me or through another fan to me if it needs to be brought to my attention personally. But yeah, that's the best way to engage with the fans is follow the riot socials. Um, and yeah, come, come hang out, come meet the fans. If you haven't come to tailgate, um, we always say tailgates easiest cause that's like the most social time. Cause it's, it's easy to like come to a game and say hi to us, but we're all like losing our minds for 90 minutes. So it's not necessarily a good time to chat, but, um, we do get business done mid game sometimes, you know, depends. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, follow the right, do the right socials would be the best. Cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, Zach, thanks for, uh, thanks for chatting today. appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And this, uh, yeah, sorry. Hopefully you get something good out of it. And <laughs> I feel like I ramble a lot. So no, no worries. Hopefully it's, it's been great. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening.